I honest to God, from the moment I met Nico, there has never been a shortage of fucking words. So let's just try to keep this thing within within an hour. And Griff, there's never been a shortage of opinion. No, <laughs> so. I like that. But I like that. I don't think it's. A oh, bad yeah. Thing. No, you're one of the you're like so. There's certain people that I so you, you know I, if I if I feel strongly about something, I'm gonna let my opinion be known about it. But Griff, Griff is a person that you he will. He will disagree with his whole entire heart that you are wrong, but will not be super personally hurt about it, but will debate as to why he feels right. And I think that makes a huge difference with somebody because if you don't, if, if you're willing to, so most people, when they, when they feel strongly about something and somebody questions that they shut down, don't want to talk about it and say, you know, whatever, like, this is the way I feel. And Griff will argue it and actually have a productive conversation. Mm. that's mm. what matters more well I, well I feel like Nico's mm. pretty much the same way but there's it we're in a we're definitely in a small minority where do you should start this off because this will be really good to just throw on a podcast too I think so why don't you Nick just start us off so that we can yo 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 welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff show today is uh February 19th 2022 it is 2 p.m central time we are juiced to have a, another guest on today. We have got Nico Coleman. We talked a little bit about it in the very end of our last episode. If you haven't listened to that one, go check it out. But today we've got Nico Coleman on, one of our good friends from the University of Albany, one of my best friends. Griff, I can't speak for you, but we're going to get into this puppy. Uh, so first of all, before, before, we get, before we really get into the, to the meat and potatoes here, so as you guys know, uh, I, I want to say Nick and Griff, Griff and I, Griff and Nick, Griff and I, uh, we, we got connected at the University of Albany. We were both quarterbacks and teammates there uh, at the University of Albany. And Nico was actually uh, also one of our teammates. He was our center there. Um, and uh, he and I actually got to have a full year of, of a relationship and full uh, friendship, you know, before uh, Griff and I got to meet. Um but here we are. We're uh, we're all real good friends. We've got to play together on a sports team. We've got a lot of good experiences as far as ups and downs together. Um, you know, typically, typically, Nico, we like to start off and do a, a market check. We've already done one today, uh, but I'm going to pull this up here just so that we can get to the to the to the meat here of what we're talking about. Nico, what do you think here over the past week, looking at the S and P 500? And looking at Bitcoin over the past week, what do you think? What do you what do you think about these markets? You got any thoughts? People want cash right now. People want cash. Fair enough. Don't want to be in, people don't people are scared of being in the market right now. That is the that is the truth. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. Hundred percent. It's good perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would still say it's interesting because Nico, I don't know if you've listened to our show or not, but I literally say one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. But I've said it every episode. I saw a tweet. I said this earlier this morning. I saw a tweet though that said you only hear the one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin when it's going down. <laughs> you don't ever yeah. hear that. You don't ever hear that shit when it's going up because the majority of people, even the majority of people that are holding Bitcoin right now, aren't really Bitcoiners. They're like short-term investors, or even maybe like they're yeah. just investing. Like they don't really like they don't really do the work either. Um, but you only hear one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin when it goes down. Like you, like, you know, but you could say that you could say that you could say that about everything, every investment, though, at the end of the day, people only care when it's going up. Everything's speculative 
when it's going down, but everything's the the next sure thing when everything's going up. Hey, shit, shit's so going down, and it's like it's like ah, it'll be alright. It'll it'll come back. It'll come back. You know, we're not worried about this. And then it's coming up, and everybody's like, yeah, I I told you, I knew it was coming up. I told you. And you're like, right. and so, right. <laughs> here's something that I would ask actually now in thinking about it. Right. So you have the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones, <clears throat> you have all of these different financial markets, right? And I'm not well-versed enough in like all kinds of markets to speak about every single one, but for like the S&P 500, like America's top 500 companies, things like that, you know, Nico, and we can jump right into it. Uh, where do you see like crypto Bitcoin in your mind? Where is like, is crypto the S&P 500 of the internet, like global, you know what I'm saying? Because if it is on the internet, technically speaking, you're building something for the world, not just your country. You know, if you build a company in America, it is regional. You know what I'm saying? Like some companies can only succeed in the Midwest. That's why they don't make it across the entire United States. in and out is only in California because they can't, they don't feel like they can produce the same quality in each state. So they don't move. Uh, The internet's different. If you have a product on the internet, it's on the internet and anybody in the world can access it and pretty much make it their own. So Nico, what do you think? Where is it going? Like, that's like, I have my thoughts, but like, you know, I mean, I'd like to hear yours on where you think the crypto market's going, where the S and P is going. Will crypto join the S and P? Will like Ethereum be an S and P stock? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, will it be a publicly traded company? And if so, doesn't that kind of expose what Ethereum is? Now, that's an interesting, interesting idea. Ethereum, the company, and Ether, the coin. Yep. Ethereum, the company, issue stock, common stock, right in an equity sense on the market and become public and have its own coin. That's kind of interesting. Huh? It is. And I think, well, I think when you look at the S&P, it's funny that you say, like, if you look at, you know, the general use of the S&P, it's kind of what Bitcoin has been in the crypto space for the last you know 10 years um you know it's been the it's been the leader of everything so when you yeah have you you guys seen that graphic where it showed like the top 10 coins and it's like most of those coins make absolutely no sense like they you've never heard of most of them on there i don't even think ethereum was on that uh on that group but it's funny what you say about Ethereum, you know, the basis of it, um, how it originally started. Like, you can even see now there's still ETH Classic is still traded. ETH Classic is how it started. And you heard the story about how Ethereum started. They basically got robbed of all of their money. So that's why ETH is technically the second rendition of it. When they say ETH 2.0, it's kind of the third edition of but where do you feel like, do you feel like Ethereum is going to be, I mean, like, can it be publicly traded? Like, I'm con- I'm just confused on, like, what it is, what is it really going to do? Is there really a need for any, like, because, you know, as my stance is, there's really no need for any of these cryptos to have their own token. You might as well just call, put them on the S&P 500 and trade them, like, or make them securities officially or because they are. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the blockchain technology that they offer is their service, though. Yes. That's what the second. And right. What's the point of their service? And I'm saying. And that's a fair question. Yeah. 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 Like, what is the point? 
and what are they going to like what is going to happen to them over the next 10 years because i feel like as an investor in any of these digital assets right if you're going to invest into any of them you do have to ask the long-term question because that's really what the upside is here you can't yeah. if, you, if you have a high time preference and you're trading day in and day out you're going to get you're going to get screwed eventually. That's, oh, a hundred percent. It's, it's, the, it you know, depends. Right. So do you see the, in crypto, the biggest, the biggest return you ever are going to get is meme coins is, is what it is. It's, you know, you see these massive pumps after the initial offering, every time they IPO, they, they go ballistic. Yeah, so it's much by regulation. I feel like here in, in that yes, they're definitely meme coins are going to be regulated. You have to. There's too much money flowing in and out of it, and the, yeah. the f- government isn't touching any of it, and they're not happy about it. Have you ever seen the uh, conversation between Rao Paul and Michael Saylor, where Rao Paul was basically like, "I only have like one percent in Bitcoin," and Saylor's like, "What's wrong with you?" Basically, and he was like, "Well, like Ethereum, you know, like I have more Ethereum, and what happens when Ethereum, you know, it's going to." 50x compared to bitcoin's 10x or something like that not yeah it's just the end of the day it's not it's not you're not not getting what's going on like when you're just trading to have somebody buy in that's what sailor said sailor was like we're all trading like securities if you start any kind of company and you started off by saying hey celebrity we'll give you x amount of shares in our company to promote the fuck out of it and you know what, what you do with those shares, it's all up to you, really. You like, see that you, more you with NFTs. You, want. you can hold it, you cannot hold it, you can believe in us, you cannot believe in us. You just get a fuck ton of shares, just pump it. It's securities fraud because they don't actually know anything about, there is no company, they're just, it is yeah. a Ponzi scheme, whereas, because it's a token, and whereas Bitcoin is a coin, I feel like if anything is a token, like Ethereum, or anything that had like one of those crazy pre-mines, you just don't have uh, opportunity. I don't even feel like they'll have the opportunity to survive. I feel like they're going to all go down to zero because of regulation alone. I just think there's that, but viable. you see regulation, you see, you could see Bitcoin going down to zero. I mean, every regulation can destroy anything. Right, You've but Bitcoin already times. legal tender in two countries and widely accepted by even. A oh, yeah, I agree. But the, it's already crossed well, the barrier, whereas no other no other currency is done. No other digital asset has crossed the barrier like Bitcoin. As Ethereum, no, I agree. Close, I guess, but not really. Like Ethereum's Ethereum is a totally different concept. Yes, ETH is ETH is a currency. Yes, I agree. But Nick, is it, Nick? What you doing? Uh, quick thought for you to add on to that, right? The regulation pieces. <laughs> <laughs> got a question uh the regulation pieces um here was an interesting thought and i'd like to hear you guys opinions on it uh, but the all, the trucker convoy in canada right uh, trudeau is like freezing bank accounts freezing monetary funds you from citizens i mean dude that shit is correct can, can we can what? we pause that thought what? can we pause that thought before we go there can i yeah. Can we talk about what Griff was talking right. about first? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, right. so when there's two things I want to take about of what you said, uh, Ponzi schemes. So the actual Ponzi scheme per definition is going to be DeFi, like Time Wonderland and um, all of those kind of, those are actually Ponzi schemes. So yes, you can make money off of them, but those go to zero. Um, like Snow Dog, I think got completely rug pulled. And I think when you talk about celebrities pumping things, I think that's more in the NFT space. 
I think that's more obvious because anybody can make an NFT. Anybody can do that. It's more people believe in the project. But at the end of the day, you're the one putting your money in. It's just like if, Griff, if you came up to me and said, hey, I got this piece of artwork. It's worth $1,000. And I go, cool, I'm going to buy it. And then I go to Nick and say, hey, Nick, I bought this for $1,000. It's definitely going to be worth more. You should buy it for $1,010. And Nick's like, oh, shit, all right, cool, I'll buy it. You can't blame people for that. That's that's your shitty investing. At the end of the day, it's your well, it's fault. Well, malinvestment because there's money printed. There was money printed in the last two years that gave people a bunch of money to put into these markets. And yeah. let me put it to you this way: it's a lot. A lot of this is going on. Okay, Nick and I, we want we buy uh, token X. Okay, so token X is like Ethereum, and then you know we participate in staking token X for token Y to get yep. 10 times the amount in token Y than token X. And then yep. to go as even further, you stake token Y into token Z. Token Z, you get 100X of this, is, but that is a Ponzi yeah. And that at the end of the day, you're not buying anything. It's creative tokenomics for a lot of these. Um, yep. And that's Everyone why- Everyone wants to separate themselves. 100%, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's 100%. I just think anything- that can't turn into like an S&P 500, like a company, anything that cannot turn into a real company outside of Bitcoin doesn't have a future. And if they can't turn into a company, it's because they know they're not producing anything important. And in this example, you have Ethereum. Then with Ethereum, you have gaming tokens, you have tokens to like buy a whole bunch of bullshit. And then on top of like the mana and like those kind of tokens you can build on Ethereum, you have NFTs. And NFTs are like token Z because you are just throwing your money in a picture of a goddamn monkey. For what? Because you know that this <laughs> ecosystem of yes. Ethereum, it's hard to even pull your money. I mean, like you're just in it. Like you well, are not right now. Not right now. The the I don't even know how to pronounce it. The Gui, the Guai. Guai is is low now. You could you can the network, the unit of um okay right but it's low right now so you can pull it out but well okay so talking about you know like how yes no i agree gonna survive if the basis of them is basically laundering money within laundering money it's like the 2008 housing crash it's like okay you have these like triple a homes you know that scene with uh they think it's michael berry he's like it's like a jenga game where they have like the like the good like the good mortgages the good rents where it's like they have good credit scores then you have like the, and like, you know, they better hold on to their job. We still give them a house though, like credit scores, because 30 year mortgages came around in 1971. So 2008 was just the culmination of a lot of people who did, should not have owned homes that were being lent homes by these banks, big corporations, right? And then you have the fucking shitty ones at the bottom that are basically holding up the economy where you fucking mortgaged out and leased out yep. homes to people who had 500 credit scores, who had no business owning a home, no real income. You weren't even asking for income statements back then. And as soon as he he like pulled like three of the ones on the bottom, boom, they started to blow up. And I feel like that's going to be very true of what happens to Ethereum. It's going to be people own own these NFTs for 12 million USD or like 8,000 Ethereum, right? Like a picture of a blue monkey. And as soon as that person gets screwed, as soon as that gets regulated, as soon as that shitty bottom one keeps getting pulled out, there's going to be more pulled out. And then it's just going to go boom, right down. Not that okay. Ethereum never had usefulness, Nico, more that 
it's not a real company like their transaction speed and smart contracts will get put onto a different network or it'll get out competed against something that's less of a ponzi scheme in the future and more no and i think that that's what ethereum is unique in different senses but you know it has a different use case and this is where it comes to nfts non-fungible tokens are more useful for things nico 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 let me pause but before before you get to that can you talk just a little bit to what your time horizon is with these types of investments? Because Griff and I were talking a little bit earlier about, um, you know, us being Bitcoin maximalist, right? Um, and that means one thing for our investment strategy. Um, whereas somebody that's maybe not a Bitcoin maximalist has a little bit of a different strategy. So could you talk a little bit to maybe what you're just like a, a, a real quick, like, one minute, like yeah, what's fair. the overview uh, of, of the investment world right now, as far as equities, real estate, crypto, the, the whole thing, what, what, it, what is kind of like a general overview of what your perspective is? Right. And just to so, tack on to that, having the conversation that we just had, you can tie it into, okay, so if you know Ethereum is this, and if you invest in Ethereum, if you answer the next question, and there's a percentage or something, how you invest in Ethereum, how do you view it? Because you know that, you know, a lot of its utility is being phased out over time with Bitcoin. Yep. You know that it would struggle based on the conversation we just had. I think you would agree that a lot of these current cryptos would struggle becoming actual public companies. So what's your time horizon? What's your time preference with some of those investments versus Bitcoin, where Bitcoin, you know, we said this earlier as Bitcoiners, you have to have a very, I believe, low time preference, right? Like you have to really see this thing 10, 15, 20 years, be okay, you know, being a renter, not really like, you know, just, just like putting your money in what you really think is going to be the future. So just kind of like, yep. if you can tie that into your answer. Okay. Well, the way I look at it right now, I think that we'll say, we'll talk about what I, so I diversify everything. I have, I have the highest percentage in Bitcoin because it's the most stable. But my percentages that I want to put into, you know, I want to be as diversified as as, as possible with all investments. And I think that uh, my, my coach from high school, actually, who taught me a lot about, you know, he originally got me interested in real estate investing, computers, um, guy by name of Tom Casey. He got me into most of these things. And he actually said a great thing to me the other day is that he looks at investments like a four-legged chair. If one does terrible, the chair can still stand. And... That's the way I look at investing is having the most legs possible so that if one does fail, I can still not be completely destroyed. I don't believe in putting all of my, you know, eggs in one basket per se. I never did. I've never been that person where I put everything into one thing and, you know, if this fails, well, I'm screwed. I agree. Um, I agree. So I, I think that that's, you know, what I, what I like, I that's what I personally like. It's okay. No, I know. It's and if you, but, but that's good if you believe in something. But if you less on less on less on the side of your, I, like I do the philosophy of diversification, and that is yep. a really cool. I believe you know four legs is probably enough. Three is probably fine. You know what I'm saying? You stack yeah. like triangles. It's just yeah. It's, it's just the, the saying is yes. <laughs> but what are your percentages? Where like like if they're all like what are they competing for? What's the market here in ten okay. years? Like where like what is Ethereum percentage wise to your Bitcoin? Like those kinds of things. So even um, Ethereum is my, so at the end of the day, crypto is here to make money. My highest investment I have right now is in um, the cherry network, which is another layer one currency. 
Um, and I'm there to see it out because I, I had a 5X investment in it that's gone back down to nothing. So I'm back to where I started because the hype for it went down. It's going to go back up. It's going to go back down. It's going to back up. But layer one projects like Ethereum and ones that I'm all for the, the way in crypto, it's the new shiny thing. And it's what it's what the opinion of it is. It doesn't matter how useful it is right now. Utility is very important for the long run, which is why I like Chainlink. Utility is extremely important. But at the end of the day, it's just it's it's the opinion that everybody has about something. Because Ethereum is, yes, it's becoming clunky and it's it's too expensive to run a lot of these transaction and gas fees um, where Solana has other takeaways. And then that's another layer one. And then you have Avalanche. And they all have their different, you know, utilities where Ethereum is great for developers. It's very, it's very, very unique in that sense because the language is very similar to languages that most programmers are used to. It's very, it's, you know, it's, it's a good object oriented language. And then you have Solana, which is also very good, but Solana is not too good to developers in the sense. Um, and then AVAX has its own, you know, his, his positives, but I like Cherry because it was, it kind of takes away from all of those. And again, it's an, if it's a new shiny thing, people are going to like it. And there's not a new layer ones that are trying to break into the market. Um, and if you get it right, you're a millionaire. If you're not, then it sucks, <laughs> but you just lost money. But um, you look at Solana sat around Solana was pretty low for a while until it got a bunch of hype and then NFTs became more useful and people really like NFTs, but this is where I go into the second part of it. NFTs are extremely important. The blockchain for this aspect is the single most important thing to me because you can literally use an NFT for anything. And by anything, I mean literally anything. And you know how I feel about that. Uh, we've spoken about this prior, but an NFT can be used for any sense of ownership. You are muted, sir. But um, an NFT can be used for any <laughs> smooth. Um, but an NFT Hold can on. be used for literally anything. I just anything. have to ask because you're talking about a lot of these coins. I'm saying, what's your time preference with these coins? Because what what happens when, just like now with the Lightning Network with Bitcoin, a lot of global payment systems with low transaction fees that had quote unquote utility yep. not that long ago, quite honestly, have no utility anymore. I sent Nick a video earlier. The Lightning Network settles transactions at the fastest rate for the lowest fees. You can also send it down to the layer one of Bitcoin for nothing. And it's just built on Bitcoin because it's accepted by the developers because of yeah. how it all worked out. So what do you think about, there are smart contracts being built on Bitcoin right now. Like it's being learned. And I know you think, um, and we've had this kind of discussion before, it is, it's partly about the coding, right? Like Bitcoin is not coded yeah. in the language that's universally like accepted right now. Like it's coded yeah. in a language that's more difficult. And I need to study up on that. I actually was just in Barnes and Noble earlier and I saw a C++ handbook and I, I said, will say, do I not said, buy oh any my God, I need to grab this shit. Do C++. not buy a book. <laughs> Do no, not buy I a know. book it's in a, software. I'm more of a video learner, but well, you know it doesn't matter. Like well, you're books on a lot of these tokens. It's like, dude. So how how long until you think they're fucking flatlined? Like I I personally have invested in uh my. This is a funny story. The last altcoin I bought, and I told my cousin who I talk about, my cousin Austin. I I told him uh, this is the last one I'll buy because I don't really believe in them. 
unless I really feel very strongly that Bitcoin's going to go way up, it will bring some of these shit coins along with them. And it's a very easy way to make a quick, it's yeah. li- very liquid. Um, but I invested in Let's Go Brandon <laughs> because of him. And it literally, like, I put like $100 in it or something. And I literally, you know why I felt bad about it? Because I was like, you could only buy it on the Coinbase wallet. Uh, it doesn't really have that much hype around it. It's a clear fucking pump and dump. But he invested some money into it. And I invested a little bit into it because I was like, I'll ride with you. Like, whatever, you know. And it's important to know who you're riding with. Like, when me and Nick talk about Bitcoin, I'm riding this month. I do not care. It's not about the price of the coin. It's about its purchasing power over time. And if that so happens to be worth more in USD over time, then great. But I just believe its purchasing power is going to go through the roof over the yeah. next 10 to 15 years. But let's go right now. Like two, it was like $200 or something like that. Got to be honest. I don't know. It's at 63 cents. So where, yeah. where do you think at some point, you know, where did the, where did the cookie crumble with Solana, Ethereum, um, well, that's a so so Cardano, that's dip- like whatever. XRP, that's a deeper question. That's a deeper question than it goes because of math, coding, essentially. Right? Not only the coding, but math, liquidity pools. Um, you know what? Well, yeah, they can keep you know projects alive for a while with a liquidity pool. Um, and I think those are things that you need to look into before you do purchase a project. Is what is the liquidity of it? Um, and like I said, they can, they mean? can keep them what do you alive. Mean liquidity pool? I don't understand. So a liquidity pool is basically what is locked. So they can't, so developers can't pull it. It's in a specific wallet contracts or something. How do they, yes. so they, so a liquidity pool is something that everybody can see and everybody has access to. It'll be specific. It'll be specific addresses, um, in a project. Um, so like, if you had liquidity in, so there's happens like if you, you chances How are you typically sign those contracts for Like you can't, you can't, it depends. It's it depends. Sometimes some, some of them do it for months. Some of them do it for years. Uh, depends. Uh, depends what the developers put into it and what people to get more people to believe in it. Obviously the longer liquidity pool, the, the longer people are in you in, in on it. Um, you know what? Like, so like I like about cherry is that it is, this just makes a good example of it as to why I like it. But because um, I just blanked completely, but what let, I let, the, let me ask you this, let me ask you this question. What, what do you think uh, on a more macro scale on, on this a is what, yeah, this is what level, before you get into all the details and, and, you know, cause we could talk about details of this coin and that coin and Bitcoin, yeah. and this attribute and that attribute. What what uh, what do you see as the end game for anything crypto? Anything that's included in, in the word crypto, because we know that that umbrella term is crypto, right? Uh, can we all agree that the umbrella term for Bitcoin and all these other altcoins is crypto? Like they're all yep. kind of included in that NFTs, the whole the whole thing, right? Absolutely. Crypto space. I think the funniest thing about that shit, Nick, is that. They'll go, oh, Web3, oh, it's crypto, oh, all it's in meta. Like, they do all these different names for shit coins. It's fucking hilarious. No, well, so, yeah. Can I finish my thought? Let me finish my thought. So, what about, but what you're going into is what I'm going to explain and okay. why I like certain things. So, the end game for all of it is, yes, Web3, you know, when people, people like to use buzzwords. Buzzwords are cool. Buzzwords get views. Buzzwords get people to talk about things. So meta, crypto, um, 
DAO, DeFi, you know, people like to use these words because it makes people happy, I guess. I don't know. Um, but at the end, so going back to what I was saying before about liquidity pools, the reason I like Cherry is because it's a DAO at its core. They have liquidity pools set aside for investments. They want, they want the community to say, where do you want this money to go? And that's the venture capital firm. It's part of it. So it's, it's a lot of things in one. And that's why I like it. So it's, so not only that, so not only does it have venture capital with like seedling and a bunch of things like that, they let people, they let the community invest the money. So say they have a good project and there's a good, there's a good decentralized application. Um, the, the community can say, all right, let's put two mil into that. We like that community likes what, that. What, for example, what? What if they, I think they just came out with runs, right? This is how so partially, how partially, yes. So, so it, yes, essentially. So this is what a layer, usual layer one protocols do, but that's a little unique that they let the, they let the community decide where they want the money to be invested how into. How does an investor make more money? The, the, the price of the token. So the so price of the, the token. Price of the token go up and only goes up if somebody buys more of it, right? Like, so why exactly. does it matter that they can, because it's so they have to create an eco so then you create an ecosystem that requires that the whole point is building out the ecosystem like the reason why ethereum becomes more valuable this is the this is the same issue with bitcoin right i mean bitcoin has not hit mass adoption yet um and and it and it would hit mass adoption if there were much more on-ramps and off-ramps to the interstate highway that is Bitcoin, right? If we can't buy our groceries and our gas and all of our regular expenses with Bitcoin, it makes it difficult to use Bitcoin as a medium. But of Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is the, so, so think about it this way. So the reason why I like that one specifically is the same way I like a lot of layer ones is because you need to buy into the, so Bitcoin's incubator is the world so it makes it more sustainable where the ecosystems that are created in eth solana avax cherry um you know in the x amount of other layer one cryptocurrencies is the ecosystem bitcoin's ecosystem is the world that's what makes it useful because the what ecosystem world, it, what world are these other ones they're create they're trying to create their own niche environments so but where but where like i understand what you're that's saying. so you know, that's what you're missing about what you're missing about web three where in 10 years where is cherry's ecosystem going to be what it's, like what is its ecosystem going to be what is its network because that's what it, me and nick talked about this earlier you can judge bitcoin by the price of it and you not yep. like usd all you want for and it will be forever i mean that's what it's going to be uh measured against even though you know, the dollar's inflating rapidly. It's like, so yep. who really cares what the dollar means anymore? It's more about purchasing power, right? But yep. when you buy Bitcoin, you are in a sense joining a network or an ecosystem for sure. Okay. And you, it is the world, but- But I will say most people what, don't even own their actual Bitcoin. Most people don't even own their own Bitcoin. So, and that's an issue. They should own their Bitcoin. Exchanges, exchanges are losing coin pretty rapidly, actually, right now. People 100%. Are starting, on Fox News, just like last night, there was a, I, I don't know who the name of them was, but a Bitcoiner was on there talking about how you just private custody your keys. But what I'm saying about the Cherry ecosystem or the Cherry network, right, and what you're essentially buying into, because 
even a dollar is a Ponzi scheme. If everybody decides they want gold, gold's a Ponzi scheme because somebody originally found it and made it. But you know what I'm saying? So at the yeah. end of the day, at the end all, yes, there's a lot. But no, the only scheme. real Ponzi scheme in DeFi is in crypto is DeFi. That's it. The only like actual Ponzi scheme. I just scheme think like if you have Ethereum and then Ethereum, on, there's mana on the Ethereum network. Like that is, fuck that. Like that's, that is not long-term stable. Like it's just not. It's no, not but there's, there's other spaces. Like there's, there's video games, there's network. So, so Web3 yeah, is what? all about. Like at the end of the day, you're making money. Like our Starbucks. Let me explain it. It's going to be like Starbucks it. points. Basically you get your Starbucks points. Like I- Yes. I love it. Y'all, y'all two, both y'all, both of y'all two, you get going, you get stuff going. And then one of y'all is like, well, look, fuck this. This is how it is. This is how it is. This is what it is. <laughs> Don't you mute me. But no, it's that and people eat that up. It's rewards. At the end of the day, you get something out of what you put into it. And that's what people want because people want to play video games and get right something. Now. You guys, you play video games. Nick doesn't. So you understand more than anything. Wouldn't you want to go play COD? And, you know, or, uh, you know, if you get a war zone, when you get re- you get rewarded with some form of currency, which entices you to play more. This is the same concept that goes for everything. All right. The all right. You're what enticed do we want to, to incentivize it. people to do. Do we want to incentivize? Well, incentives are extremely important. When, I mean, I'm, that's like that's a really good topic that he's bringing up. Incentives. So this, are really, yes, really this moves important. me into crypto gaming. So this goes into crypto gaming and how people can get something out of it. But there's this is what I'm saying where crypto isn't. Crypto, yes, people use a lot of buzzwords to just, you know, because everybody wants a platform. Everybody wants more people to listen to their things. But crypto gaming is another part of because it's already has an ecosystem. So people like like um, it's always had its own ecosystem like RuneScape. People have been buying and selling with USD RuneScape tokens. People have been doing this forever. So it's not a new concept. It's just becoming more adopted. Like Bitcoin is not a new concept, the concept of this digital currency. But as I said, the incubator that it has is for the world to use it rather well, like it Ethereum. Is, is, but, but what you're missing there is that it being permissionless, also having no central authority whatsoever other than mining power. Um, that's different than every other thing you're talking about. Well, so the central – well, like, I'm saying, well, I'm saying a lot of people I, don't I own their Bitcoin. like the whole – building an ecosystem, even if it's built into gaming. Although I do think gaming tokens are interesting, just like I think stable coins are interesting, I guess, to a point. But the problem with money is, and has been for the last about a hundred years, about, right? Like that's how long the United States dollars been the strongest currency. I think it's like a hundred years now or something like that, getting pretty close. The problem is, is the central authority. The problem is collusion. The problem is, yeah. Uh, malinvestment. The problem is the banking system. The problem is um, you know, we all agree know, on that, right? We agree on that. And the problem is, is that no matter what ecosystem, I mean, I think we agree on that. At the end of the day, the dollar is We agree. We agree. I think. <laughs> I think anybody who's invested into any kind form of different currency other than the U.S. dollar, because let's be honest, anybody could build a company like. Call of Duty tomorrow could be like, okay, you get a Warzone win. Here's 15 cents. Like, yeah. or you have to buy into playing the games. It's called gambling. Yes, but that's what they used to do with. Um, if so, Griff actually, Nick, you have no idea. Gambling, You're gonna have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, like Griff, you remember Black Ops Two when they would do uh, uh, or I maybe, Black, Ops Black Ops Two, all right. So Black Ops when they you would do uh, the wager matches. 
Yes, I'm. Yeah, so, I know what you're talking about when. Yeah, the original but, Black Ops. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so wager matches. Yeah. So that there's there's an ecosystem for that. But then you look at you look at Madden and EA have been robbing children for years yeah. with Ultimate Team. Like they, they get their parents' credit cards and they gamble for packs. But somehow there's a loophole that it's legally not gambling. So that brings me to another point. But back at what you're saying about Bitcoin, the only problem people will always try to find an angle. People always want to be the, the, the person in control. So whether it's because I, I pulled up the top wallets right now. So the top wallet right now, by a long shot, is an exchange, is Binance. The Binance cold wallet holds substantially, they hold 1% of all coins. 1.3, actually. And that is a lot, <laughs> if you think about it. So they hold one point, like, so people talk about that that billions of dollars that they stole, that those people stole years ago from robbing an exchange. You want to know what number two is? Another exchange. And then you want to know what number four is? Another Binance exchange, another Binance wallet. So Binance owns about 2% of all coins. That's just between their two wallets. And then OKEX has two huge wallets. But I'm saying people will always look for control in some form of either mining so my people look to control it with mining people are going to look to control with wallets how much bigger can these companies get so you talk about yeah can a company do it yes so binance is technically they try to say it's a, a decentralized organization but it's not they'd be the only powerhouse that could binance could be the only the single only coin that could become part on the nasdaq that's it. I don't think Ethereum could. Here's a thought for you. Here's a thought for you. So I, I was mentioning this earlier. Um, so with the with the trucker convoy in Canada, with all of the uh, the political stuff that's going on with Canada with Trudeau, where Homeboy is like freezing up accounts and and seizing dollars from citizens, right? I mean, I mean, I, I'm not gonna get all the way into the details, but dude, that that's like that is so criminal. It is ridiculous. So. Here's my thought for you, right? I mean, they had initially started, uh, people started sending them dollars with GoFundMe. Um, and, and I think they were using another couple, uh, a couple other crowd, crowd uh, funding platforms. Uh, but let's think about, let's think about the infrastructure of Bitcoin for a second here. So, uh, you know, Bitcoin as of right now is a great store of value, assuming that at some point in the future, we, we do end up on a Bitcoin standard because we can buy all the Bitcoin we want. But, uh, you know, if, if at some point in the future, nobody uses Bitcoin and it, and it goes to zero, well, then it goes to zero and it's not worth anything. That is 100% a possibility. So if, if, uh, if we're talking about, you know, the, the infrastructure of Bitcoin and think about uh, all these trucker, truckers and, and people that are wanting to send money to the truckers over in Canada, um, what are your thoughts on the exchanges being vulnerable to regulation, right? So Bitcoin itself and, and Bitcoin's core protocol cannot be regulated, right? That's, that's only managed by the, the nodes that operate within the network, right? They choose what happens within the network, which is, which is a, a great deal. And we can talk about that in more detail if you want. Uh, but uh, here was one vulnerable piece that I saw with that piece, uh, and the the element that you were talking about, the case you were talking about, Nico, 
um, where the the government seized what was it 3.6 billion dollars from the couple that 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 were somehow or another connected with the Bitfinex hack in 2016. Right. It seems like the huge issue with Bitcoin right now, one of the huge issues, one of the huge issues is the exchanges themselves, because, hey, it, it, everything is decentralized and and uh, and subject to the Bitcoin protocol as long as it's happening within the network. Right. But if it doesn't happen within the network, well, then it's not decentralized at that point, because right now uh, here in here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I cannot take my Bitcoin that I own and go buy my regular expenses, right? And I'm sure neither can these truckers in Canada. So the question becomes, hey, we've got this wallet set up, and I don't know what all the details are, but we've got this wallet set up, and and all these people all over the world are sending money to this wallet through Bitcoin, using Bitcoin. They're sending money here. It's decentralized. Okay, great. We can send it there. There's no regulation to send money and, uh, and, and all that stuff, but... If, if any of these people want to use that economic value to go buy some food, because we've been at this trucker convoy for, you know, however long, and we got to go get some food, or we got to get some gas for our trucks, or whatever, uh, you know, whatever the, whatever the example is, they've got to go through some type of exchange to get dollars or Canadian dollars or wherever it is, whatever the, the native currency is to that area. They've got to go through some exchange to get the economic value out that they can then utilize in their regular expenses. So I, I, there's I think ways around, there's uh, there's ways around that, though. There's there's ways around other than an exchange. Is there? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm just speaking it's to like gift cards and like sell it. You can right? get gift cards. You can write like there's other ways to go about it. And, you know, at the end of the day there's exchanges for euros to dollars. Like if you're going okay. to start using a different currency, but the government can regulate for- those is the deal. What if, well, the, well, okay. So, the, so let me, the government has to do is say, Hey, we're, you, you have can, to regulate the exchange Bitcoin for us. Okay, dollars. Well, let right, me, but let me would- explain to you about the exchanges. So I have a good point about the exchanges I want to follow into. And is the reason why people are so against it is considering the fact that, so going back to the wallets again, so Bitfinex, and then OKEX and Binance. You know where all of those are located? Take a wild guess. Take of one country. The United States? Absolutely not. Take another guess. I really don't know. I don't pay attention to those ones. Uganda, fucking China. I don't know. China. So they're all located in China. So why do you think a lot of people aren't <laughs> aren't going to buy into that is because most people a lot of people hold most people hold their money in exchanges. These exchanges, I think Coinbase is the only United States based and they're not even like a top they they're Robin I can't Hood's even find their wallet. Exchange. What? Robinhood's the United States, I believe. Yeah, we've seen how that went. They got strong armed by big corporation. That's into... every exchange, though. If Binance all of a sudden, had but that's a what I'm saying. Bitcoin, they don't have the Bitcoin to support it. It's just like at the end of the day, that's why you shouldn't. Bitcoin isn't meant for exchanges. And I think the one of the big things to think about, and like you can look at it right now, Canada tried to stop Bitcoiners from receiving Bitcoin, so they can then go to the exchanges. 
that exchange this Bitcoin for cash and that's how they make money. And they can be like, hey, don't make money. They can't do that. I think at the, like, you really have to realize that it, it's much more difficult to regulate Bitcoin than it would be to regulate another exchange. I agree. No, but I agree. The exchanges are the pro like, so when you talk about that, the reason why people can't buy into the network, people don't want to, people are hesitant is because, you know, like their whole problem, China has been trying to, to trying to, to, to handle the situation of the fact of these exchanges and saying that Binance needs to, Binance isn't allowed in the U S you didn't know that. Binance, Binance US, but it's not that is not Binance. <laughs> so well, right. It's not the same. You can't do the same stuff, but you can still buy certain tokens yes. in there. But you know what you have to do? You have to buy the Binance coin to then have access to the Binance network. So you have to buy Binance US, you have to swap it for um for a different form of Binance coin to use the Binance network. So that's a way around it. But China has been trying to say like they've arrested the OKEX guy like three times because they're saying that you guys aren't decentralized. And if you're not decentralized, and I don't even think it's technically like I don't think OKEX, yeah. OKEX is based in Malta, but um the guy who runs OKEX or it might be, yeah. Is it OKEX? Yeah. The, so he's a he is from China, but OKEX is based in Malta. But China's arrested him multiple times because they're like, hey, so you're not you're not decentralized. This is a problem. So that's what gets a lot of this stuff. They don't want, they don't want many people are way too confused into a lot of this because even after we've, we've gone at length about, we've talked about a lot of different networks now and we're talking about its relationship to, you know, the end game for the people that are mainly in a lot of these things is to me to make more USD at the end of the day, right? Like to increase their purchasing power in their real life. Um, nobody really plans to actually hold a lot of these things for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, There is no, I don't feel like there is a long game for the vast majority of them, except for to try to grow their network and to grow their network at a certain point, they have to be adopted by countries and countries are going to have to, you're going to have to wait for the regulation. And so far, Bitcoin has done pretty well with the regulators Every other token has done very poorly with regulators. Okay, well, okay, so I have a great I have a great point for you now. So why I think that smart contracts like Ethereum, Solana, one of those has to come out as the true winner because of the utility of it. A, you know what's a huge bottom line for every company is incidentals and fraud. That wastes a ton of money. So if you have smart contracts that can utilize in every facet of the world, t- concert tickets, event tickets, credit cards, um, plane tickets, um, identity, all of these things can be used on a smart chain network. What network will that be? Will it be Bitcoin? I don't know. But I'm saying is that's a huge, that's a huge aspect. Well, and um, I think that also ties into what you're saying, because we've talked about before, the Bitcoin network operates on a different coding system than a lot of these altcoins. So developers yeah. have been more prone right now to building some of the cooler applications, some of the better smart contract applications onto like the Ethereum network, Solana network, because it's easier one from a coding standpoint. And two, you can get paid much faster there because you don't have to wait for all of the Bitcoin developers to be like, okay, 
will 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 accept the transactions from this type of thing because the lightning network does now give the ability to build decentralized apps but at the end of the day if you build an app onto the lightning network and you're exchanging your bitcoin on there you're exposing your bitcoin address to that lightning exactly. network and the developers when you move that those kinds of transactions onto the bitcoin layer one they will have to validate it at some point and, and so you, you have to have liquidity which I feel like is a, I, I do feel like that's kind of a good thing because that means it'll regulate the decentralized apps that get built onto the Bitcoin network. It just means that it's going to be slower. I don't really think it necessarily means it won't happen. I just think it means it's going to yeah. be much slower. And that's why you speak on some of the coding, right? Like I don't understand Bitcoin's yeah. on C plus plus. You know, you no, have it's, it's not. Bitcoin it's, isn't necessarily C plus plus. Whatever it it's, is, I mean, you have I forgot what I forgot what the name of it is, but it's not you. Like the re- the biggest reason I like Cherry is because it's built on Rust, and Rust is becoming one of the biggest. Like that's like the when like people say like what's the program language I should learn? Most people, you know, give your typical Python, Java, JavaScript, yada yada yada. Those are your main three you're going to use a lot, um, but Rust is becoming widely used and that's why i like that because cherry's built on rust like these are the reasons why i like that and that's where i have my biggest amount of money because at the end of the day i'm not i'm not putting money into that to get a five percent return i'm not trying to get you know a two three x you know i'm looking i want this to i'm hoping this becomes like a three hundred dollar per coin project where so i'm you know becoming a millionaire on this cherry because let's just extrapolate this one example the cherry network yep. that we talked about. Yes, that's so this hold is what on, like, this on, is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, pause. So for context, Griff and I at some level agree with most of this. Uh, Bitcoin is supposed to be money. Bitcoin is money. Long term, the, the idea is that Bitcoin is what we use to store our economic value. It's what we yes. use to exchange back and forth for everyday transactions for larger transactions, uh, that that for me is my core belief in Bitcoin. And that is why I believe in Bitcoin for the future. And yep. Bitcoin is the only uh, crypto, if you want to use the, the larger term, that has the properties that it has. And, and, yes. and well, no, 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 well, no, 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 technically. Hold on, hold on. In, tandem, yes. in tandem with the network that it has, right? Because you can copy the code, but the code is not the network. No. And so you can make something else that's similar to Bitcoin or the exact same, but but the Bitcoin code is not the Bitcoin network. Yes. So, so that, the network with is that important. In mind, that's the end goal: is that Bitcoin is money. I, I really think that the main question is what what is what is like the end goal for these for these companies, right? I mean, sure we get so talk yeah, the so game and, and the shorter possibilities of appreciation and value, and I'm going to put you know X amount of dollars here, and it's going to end up being X amount. Uh, much larger whatever it is um but what what in your in your mind what what do you think the end game of some of these so the end game of crypto so the end game of crypto is definitely going to be what 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 i've talked about before the the buzzword of know what web3 means but they say it all the time um web3 is just the ownership your ownership of your information of your stuff so web two, you kind of saw a little bit of that with ownership, but you don't have ownership of your information. And that's why companies, you know, like Google. So this brings me to another question. Another question I have for you. That's a, should be an easy answer. What are the biggest companies you can think of right now? There's three that usually come to mind. 
Apple, Amazon, Google, Google. Facebook. And all of those. Dr. Gamble, but, Johnson Johnson. So, I mean, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but so mainly looking at Google, Microsoft, and um, Amazon, their biggest moneymaker is going to be file storage. Own, but you don't own it. So this is what the thing is, though, I like about, you know, like Filecoin. And, you know, this is another part of, you know, Cherry and why, like, I know I'm using Cherry a lot as an example, because it's the reason why I like crypto. Um, you know, and Cherry could blow, it could be terrible in two years, a year, it could be terrible tomorrow, it could fall apart. But the thing that got me interested in it originally was the file storage aspect, because some of the biggest companies that are handling your files are going to be AWS, are going to be Snowflake. Um, these huge data lakes, you know, this is what makes money. Google's, like Google's data, like Azure, like these things make money. File storage makes money. More information, ever, like you look at the, the amount of information on the internet, it goes at an exponential rate and it's not going to stop. But personal file storage and decentralized file storage is so important so well, I so, think so that, important. that is really important i don't know what how the exact application of that works but i think that that's a huge yes important element so basically the way decentralized file storage is going to work is people running nodes and just those nodes like you know but that's where we've talked before with bitcoin if bitcoin could have personal nodes this would be the, the that would be it like that's like that's all you got that's, Wait, you that's can get people to buy in off that 100 bingo but but you know what i mean by that like if it worked as in like, you know, how like kind of helium works and those kind of like minor was personal miners that everyone has in their house. Um, file storage is what's file storage is huge. And that's what you look at the end of the day. Information is information. There's always going to be information, whether it's about crypto, whether it's about video, but a bigger, so we'll use it as an example that a lot of other people would know is you want to know why vine failed. Vine was one of the most important things, one of the coolest things we had in high school, right? You want to know why vine failed? It was two reasons. You can't monetize it. You are spending an ungodly amount of money in video storage. Storage is the thing that killed Vine. The adoption was there. TikTok took that core value of Vine and made money because they sell your information. <laughs> Essentially, that's what they hold so much information right now. And it's worth a lot to a lot of people. I, you know, Considering I work in advertising, your personal information is worth a lot. Wow. Not you specifically, but as but, a whole. But you, not you specifically, but your information. Yes, but your information is important, but you. <laughs> so, um, and I used to always think that, you know, you can't figure out who I am based on my information. And then uh, um, <laughs> one of my, one of our, one of the biggest people I know in the tech industry um he used to work at Google and he's, they did a, they did a hackathon essentially. Um, they put on a hackathon and <laughs> you used to think you couldn't figure out whose information was whose people be like, you couldn't figure out who exactly mine was. And people that worked at Google said, yeah, we can. You want to know why? Because apparently like it's, it was like an ungodly amount of percentages, but like 90 or 80% of people that they Google their own names. So when you Google your own name, it actually makes your information a whole lot easier to figure out because they just look at who Googled their name and then they just, you know, just follow the trail of cookies and see where you've been and what you do and what your interests are. Uh, but you can go on Google's ad uh, advertising, like, um, like your personal Google account. 
you can look to see what Google knows about you. It's very easy. They know your age. They know what you like. They know your job. They know everything. So they already know what you, like your information's there. It, it exists. It's easily obtainable, but hmm. I just am lucky because I thought that it wasn't like, you can't find my information because I work for a company that's so privacy centric and they want your information to be safe. But at the end of the day, somebody in theory, and I remember they hounded Mark Zuckerberg about it. Yes, technically they could figure out your information, but the work that would go into that to find your specific information is useless. Information is only worth it when it's in bulk. Is they just need your demographic and they need to figure out what your demographic likes. That's they don't a, care about you. I, that, I, I, see, I agree with that. You know, like a lot of people talk about, oh, they're going to get our information. They 100%, they got it, dog. They, they have it. it. They have your information. If there. you've been on the internet, they got it, dog. They know who you are. They know what your favorite color is. They got it. They got yes. it. They won. They got the information. Yeah, your information is there, dude. It's not like you can't hide from that. But that's where Web3 is important is because you need – you get more control over your information. Because if I could monetize my advertiser ID, I'm selling the hell out of that. You can take whatever information you want, but that's worth it. And that's where the point is like if you get enough people to accept an ecosystem in Web3 where you're rewarded for letting them use your advertising data, that's what you want. Like (laughs) your advertising data is what's worth – so much you should see the ungodly amount of money that goes into advertising the money they spent to get your information on the internet and utilize it to to monetize their own company it's worth a lot of money data is worth a lot of money and that's where web3 comes in is you want to own your own data and be part of these ecosystems per se but bitcoin is like i said if bitcoin had you know some of these other properties that were widely accepted like ethereum yes ethereum Ethereum will have a space, but just like how Microsoft, you know, isn't the best tech company. IBM isn't the best tech company right now. They all were at one point in time, but I look at it like that. There's so much space here. There's so many use cases. There's room for all of them. Will all of them exist in 10 years? No. Just like how there's tons of tech companies that disappeared, don't exist anymore or got bought out. Or got absorbed by, you know, for example, if Bitcoin absorbed a different, if Bitcoin could, like Ethereum can absorb other other things because they're a company. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they're technically a company. They have a CEO. Yes, they're considered a DAO and they're considered decentralized. But when they go to ETH 2.0, where you need like $300,000 to essentially be a node, you, you're you're making literally the same concept of the U.S. where you have political influence with money. Political influence is correct, all based Nico, off of money. This is, this is correct. You're making the perfect case for proof of work versus proof of stake. Proof of stake sucks ass and it blows. It's never it can be work. if it's done properly. Proof of, stake, proof of stake is better if it's done correctly. If mm-hmm. everybody, no matter what you have, can be part of it is what's important. Having a specific amount of money should it make you more important? For for time's sake, just because we'll have to have Nico back on at some point in time. We will, yeah, we will. It would be wonderful if we all lived in a world where if we all could just agree to have the same amount of money and do the same exact thing and that's communism. everything equally and be super socialist about it. You know, it would all work out really well. That's communism. It never works. 
Or that's no, it's Marxism. I think that's Marxism is the true definition of it. And I think that's kind of what, and you know, Nico put his views out there, kind of to wrap this thing up. Nick, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts. I just believe that, you know, maybe, and we'll have to bring Nico on in a couple of weeks or soon, because that's what we'll talk about proof of stake and proof of work with him. Um, because that has its own end, end game. I mean, everything yeah. within this ecosystem, just because uh, it's really, I think Jack Mahler said it right two weeks ago, there's nothing that's going to be more important than Bitcoin. And that means things that are trying to compete or innovate or, you know, grow on top of what Nico kind of considers old tech, I would say is more like a Bitcoin is more like the wheel was invented. So you can build more things. Yes. yes, No. Yes. But also at the same time, it's a standard. It's like a law. It's a wheel. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Yes. No, I agree. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly about that. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I think think this has been a good episode here. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this puppy up. Uh, I think that we are for sure going to have Nico on several more times. Uh, We always like to mention, hey, if you want to talk, man, we we are here uh, on Twitter at Nick and Griff Show. Uh, we would love to have some conversations. The uh, <clears throat> the direct messages are always open. Nico, I don't know if you want people to find you any certain type of way. Um, we're just happy to have you here as a personality. Nico's uh, going to be our resident. He's like our weatherman for altcoins. He's going to be our resident. Weatherman for altcoins. He's going to be our resident altcoin uh, guest. No, because but I, I did. It's important I, to keep track of these things and keep your ear to the ground, even as a Bitcoiner, because Hey, like I've said in the past, dude, if Dogecoin's going to go up fucking ADX and Nico knows just because he he knows a lot about how these ecosystems work, which is investable right now. Don't be dumb. Make more money and get more sats. That's all that's all I'm trying to <laughs> no, say. And yes, that's and no, the closing thought I want to add is that there's there's room for all of these things. And yes, Bitcoin is unique because you can't copy it. It's like it's a standard to get most coins, you need to use Bitcoin to, to, to swap to get another coin. So Bitcoin will always be the central, you know, authority essentially for all cryptocurrencies. Um, you know, I have my preferences, everyone has their preferences, but there's room for every single one of these to exist. Um, it just depends on how they're implemented and who implements them. But at the end of the day, you want to have everybody wants power. So the reason why this is going to be huge is that Bitcoin is, you know, yes, people are going to fight for power with mining and and liquidity pools with cold wallets and such. But these other spaces where like you have Ethereum, Solana, um, all these layer ones is the future. And that's Bitcoin will always be important to that. Just like, yes, the whole, the, you said the wheel. Yes, you know, obviously that's very broad speaking, but it's true. It's always going to be needed. So even if it's slow and clunky and it doesn't work as, you know, cool and as fast as everything else, um, you know, everybody wants new and shiny. But at the end of the day, the reason why wheels haven't really changed. <laughs> Tires have, but wheels haven't. <laughs> so then you have rims. So these things, so this is what I'm saying is, yes, the wheel is obviously a useful invention, but then you still can add upon it and add cooler things around it 
the car, you know, a train. Planes have wheels. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that you add to things. Even though, yes, a plane's whole purpose is to fly, you still need wheels to land it. So that's a great example you make is that Bitcoin will always be important in the crypto space. But where do these other space, who takes over the other parts of the space? The Lightning Network, but we'll save that for the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Nico. You're one of my best friends. Uh, It was a fun time. We'll definitely have you on again here. It's always fun to to get to to get the fellas together. We've actually got a a three-way group text um, on iMessage where we get to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. So um, it's fun to kind of bring this together in, in a podcast form and uh, put it out to the world. So Nico, we appreciate you a ton for coming on with us, hanging out. We'll have you on here in the future. Again, hit us on Twitter. The DMs are always open. We're happy to have conversations with people. It's at Nick and A-N-D spelled out Nick and Griff Show um, on Twitter. You can also see us on nickandgriffshow.com. That'll shoot you directly to our Twitter, I believe. <laughs> um, so come hang out. We're happy to we're happy to talk about Bitcoin. We're happy to talk about uh, you know crypto in general. And um, thank you for listening to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. <laughs>